Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, July 27th. On this date in 1953, the Korean War armistice was signed. That document ended three years of fighting. And here's a little music trivia for you. On this date in 1940, Billboard magazine published its first music popularity chart. At the top of the charts was I'll Never Smile Again, recorded by Tommy Dorsey and his orchestra. Can you name the famous singer who provided the vocals? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, it's time to check on your first alert forecast. And good Thursday morning to you. Slight chance of rain along the coast this morning. Slight chance of rain inland this afternoon. In between that, around lunchtime, can't rule out some rain uh, migrating through at least parts of the area. So just carry the umbrellas just in case. Otherwise, a mix of sun and clouds. Should be plenty of sunshine out there today. High temperatures getting back up into the 90s at 93 for a high temperature. Tomorrow and Saturday, a little bit better chance of some scattered showers and thunderstorms highs in the low 90s and then on sunday isolated storms a little hotter high all the way up to 97 you're listening to morning y'all your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the low country's news leader live 5 news now let's get to your morning headlines after Jen Drummond was found severely injured in the middle of a James Island Road, her case has officially been declared a hit and run. Drummond's family, friends and attorney release enhanced footage of a third vehicle caught on camera around the time she was hit. They also say data from her Apple Watch shows Drummond left her house at 5.17 a.m. and her step counter stops just two minutes later. Left with more questions and answers, her family is demanding the sheriff's office call in extra help. In a statement, Charleston County Sheriff Kristen Graziano says, quote, these investigations take time and they tend to mostly happen behind the scenes to protect the process. The sheriff's office is working diligently in chasing down leads, just like we do for any victim of crime in Charleston County. I've spoken to Chief Keel and we will seek SLED's assistance if needed. Pennsylvania authorities have ended their search for a missing nine-month-old from Charleston. Conrad Shields went missing nearly two weeks ago after his family got caught in a flash flood. His mother and his two-year-old sister are among the six other victims of the flood. Pennsylvania authorities say they've tried everything they can, from drones and boats to canines and sonar. The family was driving to a barbecue when their car got swept up in the rising creek waters. Conrad's dad, four-year-old brother, and grandmother survived the incident. The Berkeley-Charleston-Dorchester Council of Governments, in collaboration with the Lowcountry Rapid Transit System, is set to host a series of public workshops over the next couple of weeks. Now, the goal there is to support transit-oriented development, planning efforts for that project. And the public's input is needed to determine how communities near the transit line can benefit from those developments. Our Destiny Kennedy is joining us live from Charleston this morning. And Destiny, tell us more about how those workshops will shape the future of transit and urban development. Good morning, Shelby and Katie. The first workshop will be held today from 6 to 8 p.m. here at the International Longshoremen Association for Local 1422 Hall. The goal of the meeting is to hear the community's input about the development that looks 
at walkable access to the bus transit line station within a half mile. Community members will also be able to hear updates on the route, the bus rapid transit line, which would create a route from downtown Charleston all the way to Ladson, is currently in the engineering phase. Officials say construction will start in 2026, and the project is projected to open in late 2028 or early 2029. In the meantime, the COG wants to include the community in the decision process. Low Country's rapid transit project manager, Sharon Hollis, emphasized the significance of the public engagement in shaping the plans and policies that will guide the development along the transit line. So we want to get in front of the communities early and get their feedback so we can put those policies and tools in place so that their communities can grow along with their vision. So it's really about getting that early feedback and getting uh, community input as we go along and, uh, and making the project fit uh, those needs and desires. If you can't make it to today's workshop, look at your screen. These are the remaining three workshop dates along with the locations. Saturday, July 29th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Monday, July 31st from 6 to 8 p.m. And Tuesday, August 1st from 6 to 8 p.m. Now, officials say if you can't make it to those workshops, there still will be time for community input. For more information and to stay updated, go to this story at Live5News.com. Reporting live in Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live5 News. Thank you, Destiny. The Meeting Street Scholarship Fund has announced the launch of what they call Mission 46. It's an expansion of their eligibility for the scholarship program, which expands opportunities to 46 counties in our state. With this expansion, 257 students will now get more than $10 million to go toward their college educations. Once available, the organization expects to award more than $85 million a year to students in South Carolina. Every qualified applicant will get up to $40,000 over four years to go toward their college tuition. This just into our first alert desk. We're learning about a mobile home fire in Colleton County that destroyed the home and damaged two fire trucks. Take a look at these images from the scene posted by Colleton County Fire Rescue. Teams were called out to Snyder's Highway around 2 a.m. yesterday. That's just a mile off of I-95. Fire officials say it was in a poorly maintained area, making it difficult to get to and attack the fire. It took several hours to clear the scene. No one was home at the time, and there are no injuries, but two fire trucks were damaged because of the conditions of the driveway. As for the occupants, a neighbor told firefighters the owners had left the structure two weeks ago. That's the latest here from our first alert desk. The 11th annual Low Country Mental Health Conference is set to kick off today in Charleston. Today and tomorrow, you can head on over to the Gilliard Center to hear from leading mental health experts. They'll share their innovative work on mental health topics that include stress management, anxiety, grief, and loss. Charleston Mayor John Tecklenburg has announced that radio and TV personality Charlemagne the God will deliver the opening remarks this morning at 8.30. Then he'll discuss his ties to mental health and his work to destigmatize its challenges. A low country nonprofit and the Medical University of South Carolina are teaming up to help people get the period products they need and to further education about period poverty. MUSC and the low country period pixies are collaborating to create grants supporting the cause and to give away feminine hygiene products and education materials. In South Carolina, period products are taxed as luxury items, and the groups are hoping to change the stigma around periods. They'll be bringing the resources to North Charleston High School and the Shifa Free Clinic, areas they say are in high need.
A healthcare company is being sued for allegedly using an algorithm to reject thousands of patient health insurance claims. According to CBS News, the lawsuit claims Cigna's actions violate California state law. The law requires that insurers conduct a thorough, fair, and objective investigation into each patient claim. Instead of conducting these investigations, the company is accused of relying on an algorithm called PXDX to deny these claims. In a statement, Cigna called the lawsuit highly questionable, saying the insurance claims review happens after patients have received treatment and, quote, does not result in any denials of care. A South Carolina inmate is $100,000 richer after suing the Department of Corrections. Deshaun Pitts has been an inmate at the Lieber Correctional Institute in Ridgeville since 2017. In 2018, he says several inmates attacked him with knives and left him to die. In 2020, he filed a lawsuit claiming there were no guards to prevent the attack. The Department of Corrections denied all of Pitt's claims, but records show the South Carolina Insurance Reserve Fund paid $100,000 to Pitt's on behalf of the Department of Corrections. A co-defendant in Tiger King star Doc Antle's federal animal trafficking case is giving up her courtroom battle. Records show Meredith Bybee pleaded guilty Tuesday in federal court to illegally selling two young endangered cheetahs. She's also agreed to permanently stay away from all other animals at Antle's Myrtle Beach Safari. She faces up to a year in prison and a $100,000 fine, but a judge has yet to set a sentencing date. A Greenville man is facing sex trafficking charges of four victims, including a minor. According to the Greenville Police Department and the FBI, a a 26-year-old Aaron Simmons used force, threats of force and coercion to make three women engage in commercial sex. Simmons is facing three counts of sex trafficking by force, two counts of interstate travel aiding racketeering and obstructing an investigation. He'll go before a U.S. magistrate judge tomorrow and could face up to life in prison if convicted. Well, here is a feel-good update on a story that we brought you yesterday. Nine-year-old Yuri Hurlbach has had his wish granted. Make-A-Wish surprised Yuri outside of MUSC's Sean Jenkins Children's Hospital. Yuri's battling sickle cell disease, which is when red blood cells become hard and sticky, and it's extremely painful for children. Make-A-Wish says the experience can change a patient's journey. And oftentimes we hear time and time again from parents of these kids and from their medical teams that the introduction of the WISH experience often serves as a pivotal point throughout their medical journey. Yuri will be heading to Disney World this week and he says he's so excited to see his favorite character Goofy and visit the swimming pool. I was there yesterday and he is just precious. Oh, I love this. And Katie, I think this is just our feel-good block right here. Another surprise of a lifetime for a low country boy. You might remember the story that we did on Chef Ace. You remember that cutie seven-year-old from Ladson that's battling cerebral palsy? Well, Ace developed a love for cooking and baking after watching Chef Gordon Ramsay. And Ramsay decided to send a message to Chef Ace saying just how proud he is. Take a listen. Your journey has been incredible. Being told that you couldn't do this, you can do that, and know what you've overcome to becoming now one of the most prolific bakers, honestly, I can't wait to meet you. 
Oh, see, he does have a heart. We <laughs> always say he's a mean guy. He's a very sweet guy. Ramsey said he plans on flying Ace out to Los Angeles for the next filming of Master Chef. And Ace was in disbelief and says it'll push him even more to keep cooking and give back to others. That full video of Ace is just, it'll just bring you to tears. Oh, you'll want to go see it. As accidents, deaths, and charges involving alcohol use continue to impact families right here in the Low Country, we take a look at the statistics so far this year. Emily Johnson tells us more after speaking to lawyers and a mother impacted by drunk driving about what these numbers mean and what needs to change. So far into 2023, the Low Country has seen almost 400 crashes involving alcohol or drugs, which has injured over 200 people, and that's according to the South Carolina Department of Public Safety. Charleston County ranked third in the state for the number of binge and heavy drinking recorded in 2022, according to the South Carolina Department of Alcohol and Abuse Services. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration recorded alcohol-related deaths in the state spiked 26 percent from 2020 to 2021. Alana Lawn was 30 weeks pregnant back in 2020 when a drunk driver hit her and her family, killing her unborn son on impact. I mean, it's in very much an uphill battle, as you probably will hear some of the numbers that are happening in our state. This, it, it's such a preventable devastation, but it doesn't need to happen. And so it's really, we're just going to have to continue to fight. And hopefully one day we start to see these numbers come down. Um, but we're out there just trying to protect the people on the roads. We have more information on the bill and statistics regarding DUI incidents in your county on our website, live5news.com. Reporting in the newsroom, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. Well, we do want to give drivers a heads up that starting this Sunday, there will be some nighttime paving in downtown Charleston. The County Public Works will start the paving operations on Mary Murray Drive around Hampton Park. It'll be closed to both drivers and pedestrians from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Workers will put down a clear coat and light sand to protect the road from the elements and to help extend its life. Crews will be sweeping up that sand on Tuesday, so if you want to walk on that road before then, then expect to get some sand in your shoes. The state's Department of Transportation is asking Somerville area drivers to get ready for some significant traffic shifts. As part of the Berlin G. Myers Parkway project in Dorchester County, a new ramp was added to shift traffic. Starting Sunday, southbound traffic will shift onto the new ramp. You can see it here. Traffic signals at the intersection will be adjusted to accommodate the new pattern. Now, after that shift is done, SCDOT will move northbound traffic onto the southbound alignment. Now, here's what that'll look like after those shifts. Although there will be some signs up, officials do ask you to please pay close attention to all of these changes. Nantucket Drive and Dorchester Road is an intersection right at the home of the Asheville neighborhood community in Dorchester County. It's at that intersection where people who live in the neighborhood say they're consistently seeing people run red lights and they're concerned what, about what that can mean for their safety. That's right. And traffic anchor Alicia Wimberly is joining us live now in studio. So Alicia, you talk with people in that community and others who contacted Live 5, they say that they have had enough. So tell us more about this. What's driving you crazy concern? Yeah, ladies, uh, some people are calling this intersection the Dorchester Raceway because that's just how fast they're seeing drivers speed past red lights. Meet Kathy Parker. She has been the vice president of the Asheboro East Home Association for five years now, and she's lived in the Asheboro East subdivision for 30 years. Parker says she sees accidents regularly at this location. 
It happens almost every time I leave the neighborhood or come into the neighborhood that we have a red light runner. And I'm not talking about somebody that's under the yellow light. I'm talking about somebody that it turns red and they run it after two, three seconds. Some community members are calling the area the Dorchester Raceway because it is a flat, straight way and people are not observing the speed limit, which is 45 miles per hour. Parker says they have gotten the Dorchester County Sheriff's Department to come out and patrol the area and sit at the entrance. But when they are there, drivers can spot them a mile away. When they're there, of course, the red light running stops, but they're only there for short periods of time. And then it just you know resume, resumes after they've gone. Since red light cameras are not legal in South Carolina, the community had to get creative with finding a solution to try to get people to slow down. And that latest solution is to place flashing red lights about half a mile up the road so that people know there is a red light coming and they can slow down. I'm currently working with the South Carolina Department of Transportation for an estimated time on when that will happen. And of course, if you have a what's driving you crazy concern, you can come to our website and write in and we'll see that for you. Your kids will now now be able to bring sunscreen to school. You heard that right. The state recently passed a law that cuts out the requirement of a doctor's note, which was previously needed because the FDA regulates sunscreen as an over-the-counter drug. Teachers say the law cuts out a major headache that they've had to deal with for years. I have high school students that are applying lotions at all manner of the day. I don't need to be in the business of policing whether their lotion has SPF in it or not and whether that makes it illegal or not. The new law is clear. Public schools shall not prohibit the possession or personal use of sunscreen. Now, if your child does plan on bringing some sunscreen to school, just note it has to be a cream and not an aerosol spray. The city of Charleston says it's nearing a design agreement with the Army Corps of Engineers to build a storm surge protection barrier on the peninsula. Over the past several years, the city has been researching whether it, the project is even possible and decided it is. There are no pictures of what the finished design will look like, but city officials mentioned that they did have some inspiration for the project. We imagine that being the structure, and just like the, the low battery you, and high battery, you can walk on top of it. It is a pedestrian, multifunctional facility, not just an ugly wall. Once a design is decided, city council will then have to vote on it. The city hopes to have the agreement around October, with construction starting early next year. They also plan to hold several public meetings to get feedback. So at the beginning of the show, I told you that on this date in 1940, Billboard magazine published its first ever music popularity chart, listing the best-selling records. The number one song on that first chart was I'll Never Smile Again by Tommy Dorsey and his orchestra. The singer featured was old blue eyes himself, Frank Sinatra. Celebrating birthdays this Thursday, TV producer Norman Lear turns 101. Olympic gold medal figure skater Peggy Fleming is 75. Singer Maureen McGovern is 74. And golfer Jordan Spieth turns a big 3-0. Thank you again for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.